0: And current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We're back to reflect a little more today on some of Australia's Christian history. Some of those things you don't typically hear about that you rarely ever hear reported. But when you have an opportunity to speak with the author of a book called One People, One Destiny, A Christian History of Australia, we shouldn't miss the opportunity to talk about some of those elements of Australia's history which were so significantly fashioned by Christian faith. Mike Spencer is back with us today. Hello, Mike. Welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Good to be here. Mike let's talk education today because when we think of education and we can look across the spectrum we see there's state schools then we see there's an independent school system and primarily in those independents you've got Catholic and independent schools and some people will be thinking how did we get to have all of these different assortment of schools there must be some sort of rocky path that came about uh, perhaps uh, some in some of our early history. How do you see the history of how we
1: got education the way we do today? Well, Geoffrey Blaney, the famous Australian historian, has stated that Christianity has probably been the most important institution in the world in the last 2,000 years. And when you think about it, if you're talking about the most important institution in the world in the last two thousand years, you would expect that it would be extensively taught in our schools and universities and colleges, and sadly that's not the case. Um, but Christians right from the beginning felt that education was an essential part of their faith, it was an essential part it was an essential part to train up the child in the way he should go because when he was old he will not depart from it, and so it was assumed that the church has had the responsibility to train up the coming generation. Of course, when the First Fleet arrived and Christianity
0: arrived on Australian shores, then that was the start, wasn't it, of getting a foundation in place that formed Christian
1: education, and all education came from those Christian roots. It was felt particularly in the case of Australia, which was a convict settlement, that it would be education which would lift the colony out of its degradation, and Richard Johnson felt very strongly that education was would be really important in the future of the colony, and so he started schools almost immediately when they arrived. And of course, later into the
0: 19th century, there was real challenges with how the funding model might work to continue the streams of Christian education, because there had developed at that point a Church of England Anglican stream and also a Catholic stream of education. How do you reflect on things
1: that happened back in the 19th century? Well, of course, as the population increased, uh, providing education for all the children in the colonies, um, different colonies became quite a, quite a strain on the churches. And instead of perhaps stepping up to the ball and, and really focusing on education, uh, they perhaps lost the vision a little bit, uh, and the state started to build schools as well. And sadly, there was an element of sectarianism that came into this because um, it was felt that public money should not be used, basically, to subsidise Catholic schools. I have to put it bluntly, but the, the, one of the tenets of of Protestantism was that public per, the public purse should not subsidise private schools. In fact, this um, this has been called by Geoffrey Blaney the first commandment of Australian Protestantism, which is <laughs> which is a little sad because. The sectarian variants uh, actually basically destroyed the Christian input in education for many years. And given that there has been that sectarian divide,
0: Catholics and Protestants, uh, in in honour of the Catholics here, uh, when all of that rocky road developed about funding – the Catholics were able to continue the Catholic schooling system because they were paying the brothers and the nuns very little, and so they were able to afford to continue their stream. But the Church of England stream became the state system. Is that a way of reflecting on that history? And so the state then began to fund a state stream, which then took on a secular feel.
1: Yes, the the Catholics were, were vehemently opposed to the secularization of education. In fact, um, Archbishop Vaughan made the famous statement that state-run schools would become, quote, seed plots of future immorality, infidelity, and lawlessness. And they were absolutely determined that the state would not take over their education, their schools. On the other hand, of course, the Anglicans and other, um, Protestant churches basically let drop the ball. They let their schools run down and they only maintained their Elite schools which basically became um, closed to the common people and mostly were mostly used by the wealthier people. So then you
0: had three streams. You had the elite schools by the Church of England and perhaps the Presbyterians and others who might have been in that mix. You have the state system now that's being funded by the taxpayers' purse. And then you have the Catholic system. And you have this emergence of a real secularization that comes into education. Do you think that? Churches having dropped the ball back in that 19th century time actually caused some of the challenges that we might
1: have today by way of a secularised society. Well, definitely. Um, uh, Russell Ward, who's a historian, and he's a left-wing historian, but he's made the statement that most schools might still be under religious control if it had not been for the seemingly irreconcilable differences between different bodies of Christians and even at times between those within the same church. And there was an attempt to maintain Christianity. It was called common Christianity. It was believed that even if the schools became secularized, even if they didn't have any state aid, that they could be still... A Christian presence could still be maintained in the schools by teaching a common Christianity, which would be common right across the Christian spectrum. Unfortunately, once again, the, the churches couldn't agree as to what actually were, actually comprised common Christianity and also who would actually deliver it.
0: And so there has been, uh, since that 19th century time, something of a perhaps slow, but it has been a definite, watering down of the elements of faith that shaped education from those early years. But it's not the end of the story, is it? Because the churches have realised something of an error, mistakes made in the past, and an endeavour to correct those, and there has been a real turnaround. And, and the growth of independent Christian schools has
1: been phenomenal just this past number of decades. Yes, definitely. Um, we, can, we can credit perhaps the Dutch reform immigrants for, for this because they were really keen about, uh, teaching their children. And so from the 1970s onwards, we get a number of, uh, Christian schools being started. We, we've got accelerated Christian education schools, which I myself was involved in for a number of years. We've got Christian community schools. We've got Christian parent controlled schools, as well as a whole lot of other independent Christian schools. And, and then of course, on top of that, you've also got the, the homeschooling movement and distance education. And I was just reading statistics today that, that homeschooling is actually growing very rapidly as parents become very concerned about what's going on in the state schools, particularly in relation to the morality of the safe schools program and other programs such as this. So Mike when you look at schooling today and you can see all of these different streams
0: as an historian you can look back and you can see where it all came from where it all started where it all went wrong and where there's been some endeavors to fix the issue. Are you optimistic about the schooling system and the presence of a Christian
1: ethic? I'm optimistic about the Christian schools, oh, I'm optimistic about the homeschooling. I'm not too sure that I'm so optimistic about the secular system as it's going at the moment. I think it would take a radical turnaround. Um, Roy Williams, in his book, which he's written on a post-God nation, actually talks about education and says it's so how, how important it is that Christian schools and church schools actually teach Christianity teach their children how to behave Christianly. And I believe that if we can train up this generation now in Christianity and how to live as a Christian in society and how to face the pressures of ideas and 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 temptations in the marketplace, then, then we possibly can turn the whole system around in the future. That's an optimistic view.
0: And, of course, there has been a tremendous growth, hasn't there, of recent decades for people sending their children to Christian schools even though they themselves are not churchgoers. And is this part of what you think people in Australia think? about sending their children to a school where they will actually be taught how to behave. They do recognise that there are Christian foundations, that there are roots to the Christian faith that actually create a different type of person if they're exposed to these things?
1: Yes, definitely. I think many, many Australians, not just Christians but non-Christians as well, are deeply concerned about the way the education system is going the whole discipline question, the whole lack of, of of moral teaching in the schools, and, of course, the whole um, emphasis upon um, promoting ideologies which are absolutely ludicrous, to say the least. Uh, where um, do you think it's all going? Here's
0: a question for an historian who can see what's happened in the past. Uh, you've got a grip on what's happening in the present what are your predictions for
1: schooling into the future i mean what are your thoughts mike spencer i think it's going to take a fairly major revival to bring australia back to its christian roots and particularly in its education system and i'm not and i think that god's well able to do this <sighs>
0: And so the onus upon parents to be discerning at this time as to how they educate their own children. Not everyone can afford to send their children to a Christian school. Some of them have taken on this sort of, as you were describing, uh, elite level. And it's not so easy for ordinary Aussies necessarily to be able to send their children to these schools. Uh, Sometimes you've got to save and put your priorities right
1: to do the best for your own family. I think it's absolutely essential that... Um, that if people are concerned about their children, and especially Christians, if they're concerned about their children being indoctrinated in the wrong ideas in the state schools, that they somehow or other put their children into church schools. I mean, for example, if you send your children to Caesar, as someone has said, don't be surprised if they come back as Romans. And, you know, they spend far more time in the school than they do at home. So... I think it's absolutely imperative that that parents look very, very seriously about putting their children into a situation where they can be trained up in the way that they should go. Mike Spencer, uh,
0: thank you so much for sharing insights and as well as those personal reflections too when we talk about the streams and what happens and even the effects on Australia's history as a result of some of the controversies or the rocky roads or mistakes Errors that were made in the past by churches, and we can see that there are ramifications to those. Uh, The story is not completely written yet. There's a new chapter to write in history as to the sorts of things that will happen in Australia's lifestyle because of the parents decisions about how their children are educated let me point people to some really great history uh, to find out some detail about where some of these things originated mike spencer's the author of the australian christian history book called one people one destiny a christian history of australia there's a website that you can get it from It's mikespencer.com.au, or you can go to Vision Christian Store and you can get a copy of Mike's book. Uh, Mike, great getting your insights. Thanks so much for sharing them with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.